This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. In this week's podcast... And a Christian who says, I need God to answer this question, who won't open their Bible, is, is, like, is like someone who, who could text God and say, God, I need, I need you to answer this question, but then just let the phone keep ringing when he, when he calls. Because the Bible is his call. The Bible is his answer. The Bible is his response. The Bible is his revelation to who he is. And if you want to hear from God, pick up the phone. Welcome back to the Activate Podcast, a ministry of Journey Church International in Lee Summit, Missouri. My name is Brandon, and I'll be having a conversation with Pastor Christian Newsom. He's our lead pastor here at Journey. And this week, we launched a new series at Journey entitled Foundations. This will be a new six-week series on why we can trust the Bible. Pastor Christian, I've I've been greatly anticipating this series since you first started talking about it. But before we jump into this new series, I want to hear your reflections on 21 Days of Prayer. It's been unbelievable. Yeah, it really has been mind-blowing. So we started Monday. Um, you know, many churches around the country, some churches in our area have done it, uh, meeting 6 to 7 a.m. Uh, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. on Saturday, during church services on Sunday, just praying as we begin a, a new school year. Um, just asking God to fill us, asking God to fuel us, asking God to, I mean, forgive us, just asking God to kind of, to kind of build a revival uh, in our heart. We have a couple songs of worship, a little devotional, 20 minutes of kind of private prayer time, uh, and then about 15 minutes of, of corporate worship, just an hour in and out. Uh, and we've never done anything mm -mm. like that, Brandon. I mean, I, I've always dreamed of being a part of a church that prayed. Um, but, but never really have, and never really challenged our church to, you know, prayer is, is, is one of the foundations of my faith privately. I've always wanted to pray and maybe just selfishly. I've thought, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of my thing with God. I, you know, I don't want to share it, but, but we're moving into some, some things in the fall, a discipleship direction and, uh, potentially an impact direction with a new building. It's like, this is, if, if we all don't pray, it's not going to happen. Like if, if God's spirit isn't sitting heavily on our church, we, we have no chance so we said, let's pray. And our staff agreed to it. Um, and our worship team and production team agreed to it. And, and we said, let's go. And we opened up the doors. Our staff met at 530 a.m. to pray in the entry area and opened up the doors. And, and I think we thought if 100 people show up, uh, we have the greatest church in the world. Um, I mean, because I mean, it, who who comes to church at 6 a.m. To, to pray, especially when that's not been your culture. Um, and man, the, the first day, nearly 200 people showed up. Uh, I think we've had uh, almost 400 different people show up this week. Today, uh, we had nearly 500 people praying with us live between those who were with us and those who were streaming online. And it's interesting because I, you know, I think I went into the week thinking, man, if we have 100 people show up to pray, um, we have an unbelievable church. And reflecting this morning on 500 people praying, it's like, we have an unbelievable God. This has nothing to do with our church. This is a group of people hungry um, and not just pursuing, but but being drawn to God in a in a brand new way. Uh, and it has, man, it's reignited my faith. Um, and I pray, I, I have a very consistent personal prayer time, but this has reignited um, my faith. Um, I don't like to get up in the morning. Man, I mean, my spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. And when the alarm clock goes off in the fours instead of the late fives or the sixes, it's like, man, that's really early. Uh, but man, as soon as my feet hit the floor, I cannot wait to get here um, and to experience community and prayer with uh, with our people. I, I cannot wait for the next 17 days. It's going to be great. You know, while our prayer prayer may not be our culture here at Journey, I think we're learning it's our need. 
No, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, it it, it has not been our culture. I I don't know how um, it can help but be our culture going forward. I mean, just already in four days, something's changed mm-hmm. in the in the nature of our church, and I, I look forward to seeing what will come over the next 17 days. And then in January, um, as we dig into starting a brand new year with prayer and uh, we get the opportunity to, to do it again. And then whatever may happen between this 21 days and that 21 days, which we're, uh, which we're still discussing because clearly there's a need, there's a hunger, there's a hunger. Like you said, it might, might not be our culture. It is our need. Um, and, and there's a hunger building uh, in our church for a deeper level of intimacy with God through prayer. Well, let's talk about foundations. This past Sunday was our first week Um, I think this series is so much needed, especially in the spiritual climate that we live in today, a climate of progressivism, a climate of enlightenment, climate of relativism. Uh, And I'm not just talking about secular culture. I'm talking about church culture. Um, This is rampant. So would you mind sharing the why behind this series? Why, Why you felt like at this time you need to lead the church through a series on the Bible? Yeah, so I, I... I realize how much God asks of us, which is everything, uh, which is not less than he gave, right, when his son died. Uh, we talked several weeks ago in our podcast and in our message about those, you know, the Old, the Old Testament names that represent this connection to God, you know, Yahweh, um, you know, Yeshua, uh, the Messiah, uh, the Messiah, but, you know, but then, the, then there's this Adonai, this master, um, and not not that God needs permission to be master, but when a church begins to tell its people, when a church begins to talk to its people about the lordship of Jesus, not just the salvation of Jesus, but that he's, he, you know, he needs to be Lord. He needs to be Adonai. He needs to be master. I think you've got to tell people why. Um, and you've got you've got to give them a real firm understanding of why you believe that and why they can believe that. Um, I I think anytime you say we're going to follow Jesus and do whatever he says, you need to help people understand why what he says in the Bible is what we believe is God's word and God's will and God's purpose for our life. So the first big reason we're doing it is because I believe God asked for all of us, not a little of us. Um, and for us to give all of ourselves to God, I I think we need, um, not that he owes it to us, but I think it's easier when we can when we can understand the reasons why the Bible is the authoritative word of God. That's the first reason. I think the second reason is is for the sake of equipping. Um, I, I think Christians have to be able to answer the question today, why do you believe the Bible came from God? How do you know the Bible came from God? How do you know that the Bible is how you're supposed to live your life? I think uh, even for Christians who will say, I'll do whatever the Bible says, because I believe it, um, but I don't know why. I don't think that's good enough anymore because God's called us to impact the entire world. And to do that, we've got to be able to answer questions. Why do you believe the Bible's the word of God? How, what, what gives you, um, what gives you the understanding that it came from God? Can you prove that? What backs that up? How do you know it's still relevant today? All of those questions are questions we, we should answer for ourselves, but we have to be able to answer for the world if we want them to know Jesus and follow him like we do. Pastor Christian, to answer the question of why the Bible is still needed, truth number one from your message states, the Bible is God's revealing of himself and his plan. Pastor Christian, from your experience, what are some common ways we might misunderstand the purpose of the Bible? Well, I think for so long in my life, I can't speak for everybody, uh, but for so long in my life, I thought the Bible was a list of rules to understand 
and to keep, a list of requirements to understand and to keep, because if you did that, it would help God love you. Um, it would force God to reward you, right? He would like almost be indebted to you. If you could learn his word and do it, um, you know, he, he would be indebted to you. And I think a lot of Christians probably, probably, probably see that. Um, the Bible certainly has rules. It has regulations. It has um, direction. Uh, but the, the biggest list of rules that it has uh, are unkeepable. Um, and when, when God deals with his people in the Old Testament, you know, if you study real carefully in the book of Romans, Paul tells us, listen, God gave you the law to show you that you could not succeed to turn your eyes to the need for a savior. Uh, and I think for so long, we, uh, we try to walk in a self-righteousness, meaning, hey, just show me the target and I will figure it out myself. When in reality, the, the Bible is a, is a story from, from cover to cover, from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21. The Bible is a, a story of a target that is unreachable except through Jesus. Um, and God reveals his heart force. He reveals his plan force. He reveals his purposes. He certainly gives us great principles to live by. He says, if you're a follower of mine, this is what life should look like. This is what life shouldn't look like. So there, there are all kinds of instructions. But the primary purpose of the Bible is who God is, how God loves us, uh, why he created us, how we live for that purpose, and how one day we end up living with him. So it's really important to see the entire story of the Bible and not just a list of your favorite commandments that make you feel righteous on your own or what, what the Bible would call self-righteous. You know, I pray every day. Um, I've been praying this week uh, as we end. My, I always close my prayer by asking God to help me put on the armor of God, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. You say, what is the breastplate of righteousness? It's the fact that Jesus was perfect enough to be rewarded with heaven for perfectly keeping the law, yet he was gracious enough to pay the penalty for those who didn't keep the law. So Jesus lived the perfect life that I could not. He he paid the price on the cross for the death that I would not have chosen. He perfectly fulfilled the law of righteousness and that he kept all the regulations and he took the punishment so that those who could not keep the regulations and did not want to keep the punishment could walk into a relationship with God. That's what the breastplate of righteousness means. If you want your spiritual organs protected, you have to take Jesus' perfection, Jesus' punishment, um, let him live one for you, die one for you, and and connect to God. And that that is the bigger message of the Bible, who Jesus is, what he did for us, and how we can connect to God through him. Pastor Christian, God reveals himself in two dynamic ways in which you pointed out on Sunday. One of those is general revelation and another is specific revelation. The Bible is an example of specific revelation. While, while God has stopped writing the completed canon of Scripture, he hasn't stopped writing his story on our world and in our hearts. Do you mean to say that when we read the Bible, God will continue to reveal himself to us? And, and if so, can you give us maybe a recent example of this in your own personal time reading the Bible? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, when you study, the when you study bibliology or the, the uh, you know, the theology of the Bible, the knowledge of the Bible, uh, one of the doctrines in, in really good bibliology is the doctrine of illumination, uh, which means, according to Hebrews 4, 12, that the Bible is alive. It's living. 
and it's active. It's not just words on a page. It, it literally still has the breath of God in it for those who have the spirit of God in their lives. And when you read it, you, you know, when the work of illumination is happening, when you read a verse or you read a page or you read a chapter that you've read a dozen times, but you read it. And this time, like one of the, one of the verses seems to kind of like raise up off the page. Um, it just like sticks out in your soul. That's God speaking to your heart through scripture. Several years ago, we were headed to uh, Africa for a missions trip. Uh, and when, when we started, journey. Um, you know, I, I had, I had, I had just come out of some experiences that had left my soul, um, unhealthy, not unspiritual, but unhealthy. Uh, I was just always waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, I, I live not in, not in pessimism, but not in hope. And, you know, we fly from Kansas city, uh, through Chicago to Cutter. We have a layover in Cutter, and then we jump on a smaller plane in Cutter to fly over kind of the, the northeastern section of Africa to land in Nairobi. Uh, and when you're on the other side of the world, you don't know which end is up. You don't know it's day or night. So everyone else is on the plane sleeping, but I'm awake. So I decide to have my quiet time. It's like, I can't sleep. Everyone else is sleeping. So I get my Bible out of the bin, and I read. And part of my reading that day is Psalm 33. Uh, and in Psalm 33:18, as we're flying over, you know, northeastern Africa, I read in Psalm 33, 18, um, that God looks down on the world to give strength to those who hope in him. And it was like when I when I read that verse, um, I felt like God stopped me and said, today, as I look for those living in hope to give them strength, are you on the list? And I thought, man, I'm like, I'm not like I think I've lost hope. I still believe God is good. I just believe life was bad. Um, I believe God was good, but I, I didn't know if church worked. I believe God was good, but I had just seen so much brokenness. I'd experienced so much brokenness that I developed a callus. Like I believe God was good, but I, I had, I think I had quit hoping that God would, would move in ways in my life. Like I saw him move in the scriptures and God just really convicted me and said, Christian, until you have hope, you can't really lead a church who has hope. That was in the fall of that year. I came back and decided to change my December sermon series to a season of hope and all month long in December, you know, I kind of confessed to the church because of what I've gone through. I, I quit having hope. I quit really believing that things could be good. And even on my best day, I thought, well, it'll be worse tomorrow. It just, it just has to be. I was not able to live in hope. So I confessed to the church that God had spoken to me, that he wanted to strengthen me, but I didn't, I didn't even have enough hope to hang on to that. Uh, Paul said three things remain, faith, hope, and love. I had a lot of faith, had a lot of love. I'd lost my hope. Um, and that, the, and that really began to turn our church. It was soon after that, that we would start a building um, plan because we just, we hoped, we, we had hoped that God was going to give us a home. Um, it was after that, that we started increasing our missions giving as a church. Cause we just, we had hoped that God was going to keep giving to us. It, it, it was funny how that one verse in, I don't even know what time it was in the world. I mean, it was like my watch was, we were just 30,000 feet in the air over northeastern Africa. It's interesting. The same part of the world where God spoke to Moses in a burning bush. God speaks to me from an airplane, 30,000 foot up, right? Somewhere over Egypt. Um, you know, God God breathes into my heart. Um, hey, you, you need to have hope again. 
Um, and, and God gave me hope, which allowed me to come back and really speak to our church about it. And, and I think it changed a lot of things moving forward in our church. That's just one instance. I could give you dozens and dozens and dozens um, and dozens. Uh, and for the Bible critic listening, yes, I know that God spoke to Moses in the Sinai Peninsula, but then he went into Egypt. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get it. Yep, where, yeah. we, where, where I went wrong there. Yeah. Well, well, Pastor Christian, you mentioned seasons. And perhaps there's someone listening to the podcast right now that's going through a very difficult season of their life. And I have found, as you just mentioned, that no matter what season of life I'm in, Anywhere, anytime I turn into the Word, it seems like there's always something that God wants to illuminate in my life and to reveal Himself in just a, a very special way through that season of my life. And I can't believe there are some people who are followers of Jesus who are going through a difficult season and the Bible is closed. What, what, what would you say to that individual? I would say to the Christian going through a difficult season who closes their Bible, I get it. Um, I... I get why when when you have had an overinflated sense of hope and you think that that following Jesus entitles you to a life better than the one he had. And some somehow we you know, we think that it's like Jesus came, he was poor, he suffered, he was hungry. Um, his, his family, his had family members die, had friends die. He had to work. Uh, he, yeah, he, yeah, he had to work. He ultimately suffered on a cross. Sometimes we're like, well, I have Jesus. My life should be perfect. And it's like, what in the Bible gives you that impression? But there's a thought out there that, Hey, if I follow Jesus, everything's going to go. Okay. So when it doesn't, we don't want to hear from him, but that is the time we should be. That is the time we should be asking questions. That is the time that we should look deeper and a Christian who says, I need God to answer this question, who won't open their Bible, is, is, like, is like someone who, who could text God and say, God, I need, I need you to answer this question, but then just let the phone keep ringing when he, when he calls. Because the Bible is his call. The Bible is his answer. The Bible is his response. The Bible is his revelation to who he is. And if you want to hear from God, pick up the phone, right? It's, it's ringing. Look at that closed Bible as a phone that's ringing and answer it, pick it up, um, and hear who God is as you read deeply into his word. Pastor Christian, to answer the question of why the Bible is still important, you mentioned truth number two, and truth number two was the Bible is God's invitation to live in a relationship with him. If I'm not careful, I will find myself reading the Bible in order to just simply acquire more information and not to develop that intimacy with God. So practically speaking, what what can I, what can we do to avoid reading the Bible for just simply more information and reading it to develop a deeper relationship with God? So the Bible is great information. Right. I mean, Second Timothy 2.15, you know, study the scriptures. You can be a workman approved and not ashamed. Right. The, the old Awana verse. So you got to you got to study. You got to you got to know it. The information in it is great. But the but the information always leads to a person. Uh, remember what what John says in John chapter one. Um, he talked about the word of God, but he said the word of God became flesh. I mean, the purpose of the word of God is to point you to Jesus so that you can have a relationship with him. Uh, you know, you, you get to do, you get to do cool things from time to time in your life that you never thought you'd have the opportunity to do several years. Um, I got to, uh, I got to host Michael Irvin, 
um, Hall of Fame wide receiver, you know, for the Dallas Cowboys, University of Miami. He came into town to speak at a ministry event, and I was kind of the, you know, the the sports lover on staff. So I, I got to I got to host him all weekend. I got to go to the airport and pick up he and his wife Sandy, and you know, kind of ride around with him all weekend, getting back and forth to the place where I had to speak, pick him up from his hotel every day. So I got I got to spend a little bit of time with Michael Irvin, the playmaker, um, all week long. And when I got to the airport. I mean, he he had this massive crowd of people around him. It's funny. A lot of celebrities look to blend in. He did not. He had, I mean, he had on like an all white track suit. He had on a white hat. I mean, he 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 looked like somebody who was different and stood out in the crowd. He did. Um, and there were there were a couple college baseball teams that I think were flying out maybe to spring training or to or to play somewhere. And they they saw they see Michael Irvin walking through the airport just a few years removed from playing. Um, and man, they kind of followed him like a mob through the airport. And he signed, I mean, for 30 minutes, we stood outside our car and he signed autographs, um, on the sidewalk while we were waiting to leave. And then when he was done, we got in the car, um, and we left. I mean, he, he is like the friendliest guy, uh, that, that you could ever meet. And as we were driving away, he, you know, he was just talking. He said, you know, I, I try to sign every autograph that anyone ever wants. I try to take every picture that people want. But he said, Christian, here's the reality. He said, every piece of paper that I've signed is going to be lost, but the experience will not be. And he said, people people ultimately don't want the signature. They want the moment. They want the experience with the person. And the person who reads the Bible just for information is collecting autographs. But the person who reads the Bible for Jesus is having moments and experiences in relationships that maybe even when they can't remember the autograph, um, it's like, I, I can't remember exactly what was written, but I remember that one time I got to see Jesus, touch Jesus, feel Jesus, hear from Jesus. It's the experience. So when we look into scripture, we should always be looking for Jesus because the word became flesh and it dwelt among us. And the purpose of the word is to lead us to Jesus because he is life. It's in Jesus that we find life. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. So learn, collect all the autographs you want, but don't miss the experience with the man. Pastor Christian, last question today. We could have ended on that that answer, but I want to press in on just one more thing. Um, I loved your quote from Mark Twain. Um, a classic is a book which people praise and don't read. That's what Mark Twain said. It's a great quote. Yeah. You know, Moby Dick is a classic book, but I've never read it. I was probably required to read it in high school. Yeah, never I didn't even see the movie a couple years ago. <laughs> um, to Kill a Mockingbird is a classic. Never read it. Yeah, me neither. Little Woman is a classic. I've definitely ne- never read yep. that I one. know a few Little Women, but I've not read the book. <laughs> <laughs> so there are many people today that would say the Bible. Now that's a classic. Never read it. Never though. read it. Yep. Never read no it. No doubt. Throughout this series, what challenge... Can you give our podcast listeners that that may go throughout the entire series who who might be saying this as well? The Bible, that's a classic. I've never read it. Where can they start reading in the Bible and what might be revealed about God? So I would say this. Most Christians don't read the Bible because they they believe it is um, they believe it is the wrong. They believe it's a list of rules and regulations. And what's funny is a lot of people will say, you know, I know Jesus. Um 
say, you know, I don't have, I don't, I don't have to read the Bible. I live, I live in grace. I know Jesus, he's forgiven me. So it's not about the Bible. And, and you're right, except the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Like if you want to know Jesus better, read the Bible. If you want to hear from Jesus, read the Bible. Uh, you say, where, where should I start reading the Bible? Start in the book of Luke. I always tell people start in Luke and Acts. Luke is the story of Jesus' life, starting with his mom, Mary, and his cousin, John the Baptist. It'll walk you all the way up through his crucifixion. And then Acts is the story of his church. So anyone who wants to read the Bible, start with Luke and Acts. One guy wrote both of those to tell the story of his birth to his death, to why there is even a church today. And I would say this, why should you read the Bible? If you want to know God, read the Bible. If you want to know who Jesus is, read the Bible, listen to the Bible, read it to see Jesus. Don't just read it to learn answers. Don't, don't read it so that you can win at Jeopardy. Read it so you can find Jesus. Because if you find Jesus, you find life. Start in Luke. Go to Acts. If you get that far and you've never read it before, email us at activate at takethejourney.cc, and we'll tell you the next few books to read. Well, Pastor Christian, the first message in the series was strong, and I cannot wait for week number two. And we want to thank you for tuning in as well. Our prayer is that you have been challenged to look at the Bible with fresh eyes and inspired to dig into it even more so that you will allow God to reveal himself to you in exciting new ways. You don't want to miss week number two for, or of the Foundation Series, Why You Can Trust the Bible. We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.